This is Brain Diet, episode number 72. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brain Diet podcast. Today we are talking about when food is your entertainment. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about what has been going on here at Brain Diet, in my coaching practice, and I just wanted to share an update about what I've been doing and the coaching that's been happening and what is available to you should you be interested in coaching. So for those of you that have been around for a little while, earlier this year, I launched a membership program. And as a member of this monthly membership program, you got access to me for a 20-minute session once a month. You got access to my course, The Diet That Has Nothing to Do With Food. We have been discussing monthly topics. We've been doing classes. There are all sorts of fun things that happen inside this membership program. And I found that as people joined, what they wanted most was coaching. The courses are amazing. They're so fun. But what they wanted most was coaching, and they weren't getting enough of it. And so I used feedback from some of the members, and the membership is still sticking around. I'm not dissolving it by any means. But I used the feedback to kind of reassess how I was approaching coaching people because I was getting this feedback where they're like, I want to coach with you more. And this membership program, you know, has a lot of resources with the classes and the courses and all of that. But what's really valuable is the coaching. And I completely agree. I think that there are so many materials in the world that we can consume. There are so many courses and things that we can read and learn and listen to. But having someone that you can work with individually who looks at your brain and can give you guidance and structure and feedback and things to practice that you can actually put into application, I think that's all invaluable. So what I have decided to do is... I'm, again, keeping the membership program, and I have started to work more one-on-one with people, and that's what I've been doing the last couple of years, but I've just put more of an emphasis back onto the one-on-one coaching, and once you finish working with me is then when you are able to go into the membership program. So access to that program isn't something that I'm going to offer necessarily to people that I've never coached, but... Once you've coached with me, you get to move into the membership program, and that gives you kind of a maintenance platform to maintain the work that we've done together. What I do coaching one-on-one with people is a deep dive into a person's brain. It is a commitment to learning tools, to learning what's happening in your own brain, and to applying these tools, and to essentially changing everything that's going on in your brain. It is such an overhaul to work one-on-one with me. And I think using that as a foundation and then moving into a place where you can maintain the work that we've done, where you still have access to me and you still have access to what I teach, but you don't necessarily need me all the time, right? So how I've been approaching this is I'm redoing my website. It's been really fun to, you know, kind of figure out how I want to restructure all of this, but I'm still seeing one-to-one clients. Honestly, it's so fun. 
And from there is when you can move into the membership program. So the entry is kind of the one-to-one working with me. There are coaches out there that I remember discovering, whether on a podcast or through other means. And I desperately wanted to work with them privately. And they weren't offering it at the time. They were doing maybe group coaching or maybe only a membership program. And the only way to have access to them was like on live coaching calls, which we have done in the membership program that I've got. But I realized how much I love working privately with a coach. And so I wanted to continue to offer that. So as I've been coaching people one-on-one for the last couple of years, I've done thousands of sessions. I love coaching people one-to-one. I'm just putting back a little bit more emphasis on it because I want to be able to provide people with access to me and access to me planning for them, planning these sessions, building these programs, building these coaching programs for them that they can achieve transformation. So if you are interested in working with me, currently I have a link to a form to apply to work with me that will be listed in the podcast notes as I redo this website. And if you want access to the membership program, that's something that comes after working with me. So just something to keep in mind if you want to work with me. If you don't, if you just enjoy listening to the podcast, that's great. Keep listening. And if you don't want to listen to me, then you don't have to. I don't know if why you would have made it this far in the episode if you don't want to listen to me. <laughs> but if you want to work with me, the link to the application will be in the show notes until I get my new website finished, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be awesome. So one-to-one coaching, that's what I'm emphasizing. That is what I am having so much fun with. I always have. I'm just getting back into it because we've had so much fun in the membership program and I've really taken that feedback and said, okay, how can I help people better? And that seems to be the way is to just work with people privately. So anyway, if you're interested in that, there is the rant about that and the update on all of that. So today we are talking about food being your entertainment. Here are my thoughts on food being a form of entertainment. I think there is a scale for which food can provide entertainment for people. I think some people, it is a huge and the majority part of their entertainment. And there are some people that it is a very small and minor part of their entertainment. If you use food as entertainment, that is not a problem. I don't care. That's not something that matters to me. But if you use it as entertainment and it is a problem for you, if it causes a problem for you in the form of maybe weight gain or anxiety or some sort of like extra focus on it that prevents you from being present where you are, I don't know what the problem might be. But if using it as entertainment is a problem for you, then that is why I'm doing this episode today. I wanted to talk to you about where you might be on that scale. And if, again, if it's not a problem for you, then that's great. There's nothing to do here. But if it is, I wanted to teach you some tips for how to approach shifting the ratio of food and it's important relative to other things that might be involved in your life that you want to make more important. So Let's talk about how you know if you are using food for entertainment. You know you're not using it for entertainment if you are hungry and it is something that is planned. This was something that really came to the forefront of my awareness when I had kids is there are so many things that I started to prioritize when I had kids that sitting down and being entertained by an entire meal wasn't 
as much of an option when I started having kids. And so there was much more eating on the go, having pre-packed things. And I definitely learned in those moments where I would just have like dinner from the night before planned and prepped for the next day to have for one of my meals. And then we're just on the go and I'm kind of eating it really quickly and not really focusing on it. And as I finished eating it, I realized how little mental energy I exerted thinking about it. I realized how boring it was. I realized how I was just doing it so that I could have the energy that I needed and just so I could get to the next meal without feeling totally fatigued. And it was in those moments where I was like, oh, okay, so this is me not using food at all for entertainment. In those moments, it was strictly for fuel so I could get to the next meal, right? Again, I'm not saying that that's should be your ultimate goal necessarily, but it is interesting to gain some awareness around when you don't use it for entertainment versus when you do. So in contrast, if you are trying to assess if you are using it for entertainment, it usually looks like you eating because you're bored and there's nothing else to do or you're eating when you're not physically hungry. Or maybe if activities alone aren't enough and you're eating, then usually you're using it as entertainment. I think years ago when my husband Ben and I were first dating, we had gotten tickets to a concert or maybe we were married, I don't remember, but we had gotten tickets to, no, it was a comedy show. That's what it was. We'd gotten tickets to a comedy show. I love laughing. So to get tickets to a comedy show to a comedian that I loved was so exciting. But I remember as we were preparing to leave for the date to go see this comedian, I think we were running a little bit late and we had planned to go eat somewhere and we kind of had to re reassess where we wanted to eat. And there was a part of me that started to panic because we had planned to go to like a nice sit down dinner. And because of lack of time, we had to redecide where we wanted to go. And there was part of me that really was like, wait a minute, if we don't eat at a restaurant that I am really excited to eat at and that's really entertaining, then what's the night going to be? And thinking back on that, it's like, wait a minute, I was with my favorite human in the entire world doing one of my favorite things in the world, going to a comedian and laughing for two hours. And yet I was concerned about being entertained by a meal. Like it, it's so fascinating to me. And that for me, looking back was a problem because I was so focused on being entertained by the food that I had no mental energy left to focus on the other two things that were way more important to me at the time. But because I was so used to making food a source of entertainment, it got in the way of my life a little bit. So that's kind of a crash course on how to assess if you use food for entertainment or if you don't. So it's for you to kind of assess. And honestly, each meal can be different. I know that sometimes people, you know, in different countries and different cultures, different meals of the day are very much a form of entertainment. And again, that's fine, but just something to assess. Where do you land on the scale at different times of the day, at different meals, on on that scale of how entertaining your food is? So I'm going to share with you three tips that will help you add some structure to your eating that might lessen the entertainment value of food. And as such, it will hopefully allow you to focus on the things that are more important to you, like going to a comedian with your lover, right? <laughs> so the first tip that I want to offer you today is the best decisions when it comes, to, well, the best decisions, period, frankly, but the best decisions when it comes to food are made ahead of time. Our brain in the moment is designed for pleasure and survival. That primal brain only lives in the moment. It doesn't think towards the future. 
So if we are only eating in response to that primal brain, it is going to think what's going to taste good now, what is immediately gratifying, what's immediately available. And that primal brain doesn't have any forethought to your future well-being. Whereas your prefrontal cortex in your brain thinks toward the future, thinks for your long-term well-being. So that prefrontal cortex is what we use when we plan ahead of time. Planning ahead of time is not sexy, my friends. (laughs) It's not something that's really exciting and it's not really fun necessarily and it's super boring, yet it is one of the most powerful things we can do for ourselves is to use the highest functioning part of our brain to make decisions for our future behaviors. Again, it doesn't sound sexy, and I'm sorry, but it is so powerful. And frankly, I think that's great news, that the solution to this is so simple. We think it should be something really grand. And I mean, that'd be a lot of work if it were something grand. It's kind of nice that it's like, oh, all I have to do is just use that part of my brain that thinks toward the future, that thinks for my long-term well-being. When I really started to shift my relationship with food years ago, and what I mean by that is is lessening the entertainment value of it, not getting rid of it, but just lessening it so it wasn't so much of my primary focus, I decided my food ahead of time. I used my prefrontal cortex, and I almost thought of it kind of like I chose my husband. Like I chose a mate to be with, and that means that all other candidates to be with were then out of the running. And that didn't become a problem for me. It was so nice to be able to be like, okay, I've chosen that one. Now I don't have to think so much about who I want to choose to be my mate forever. Planning ahead of time what you are going to eat is so simple and it makes life so much easier because it takes away so much necessity of exertion of mental energy in deciding and figuring things out. Like that's exhausting to be constantly figuring that out. Whereas making the decision ahead of time, it really is just relaxing into it and it eliminates so much drama. And I even, you know, making a plan 24 hours ahead of time, it certainly doesn't mean chicken and broccoli all day. Like I will plan treats into my diet or I will plan burgers or even fast food. But knowing that the decision was made ahead of time coming from my prefrontal cortex meant that I wasn't deciding in the moment. I was deciding with forethought and with deliberation and and thinking about it, right? Like there is a lot of power in doing that no matter what the food is. The truth is whatever you are planning doesn't matter. The food is so beside the point. It is which part of the brain you are using as you are living your life. I think of a plan gave me discipline. It gave me structure. I think of my two young kids. They thrive with structure. When we had a nap time at the same time every single day and a bedtime and a routine, all of those things helped them be so much less grumpy, so much more healthy, so much more able to function. And that's what I think planning does for us is it's like giving structure to a toddler because otherwise the primal brain acts like a toddler. And otherwise it would just be throwing tantrums all day and be exhausting to have to deal with. But when we give it structure, it's like giving it something that it can thrive within. So again, first tip, planning ahead of time. Second tip, again, not sexy and super boring, but it is to feel your emotions, my friends. I know that sounds so dumb and boring, but If you are eating because you are bored and it causes you some kind of problem, again, whether it's weight gain or otherwise, the alternative is just to feel an emotion and to not have a negative consequence awaiting you on the other side. What's going to happen is when you have negative emotions come up and you don't eat in response to them, there is some discomfort. It's a little bit uncomfortable. And so as you are working on shifting your relationship here, you can plan on feeling a little bit uncomfortable 
as you are not eating when your primal brain is screaming at you to eat. When that toddler in your brain is screaming at you to eat and you're not going to eat, it's a little uncomfortable. Kind of like when a toddler throws a tantrum. But sometimes you just have to let them do their thing. Say, I love you. Allow them just to do what they got to do. Keep them safe. Like supervise as they throw their tantrum. But make sure that you aren't like throwing a tantrum with them. You just let, let it burn itself out, you know? You got to just let toddlers burn themselves out, burn themselves out when they have tantrums. <laughs> so feeling your emotions is really crucial because that's the currency. If you could feel all of your emotions, you would never need to eat when you're not hungry. Believe me here. It's the truth. It's so simple. And yet people want to complicate weight and weight loss and weight gain. They want to complicate it so much. And I think there are other factors. But for most people, the main one is an unwillingness to feel their emotions, positive or negative, right? So feeling your emotions is tip two if you want to shift your relationship with food. It can be a little bit uncomfortable, but you can just plan on that and be prepared for it and be totally willing to be uncomfortable. The second piece to feeling your emotions is oftentimes you will be in social situations where maybe you choose not to eat because you didn't plan to eat at these social social situations. And you might be considered the weird one. I know sometimes people will comment and be like, oh, why aren't you eating? Or, or just have some, just have a little bit. It's so good I made this for you, right? Like people think that eating at social events is normal. And, and it can be. That's totally fine. But sometimes you have to be the weird one. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I already ate before I came. Or, oh, I, you know, I'm just not planning to eat right now. Thank you so much. And maybe you do plan to eat at these social events. That's okay too, right? But all of the decisions that you make have to be with forethought. So sometimes maybe you will choose to decide not to eat at certain social events because maybe they won't have food that's in line with what you want. Be willing to be weird a little bit. It's not a problem if you're the odd one out in this regard. All that requires is you just sitting and feeling a little bit uncomfortable, maybe bored, but that's okay. It's something you are totally capable of feeling. Tip number three, call it what it is. So when you are in the space of feeling your emotions, when you are in the space of wanting to eat, having the urge to eat, and perhaps saying, oh, no, we didn't plan to eat, so we're just going to sit here, hang out, no big deal, your brain, your primal brain, for that matter, is going to want to make the discomfort a huge deal. It's going to want to make the urge to eat a massive problem in your brain. It's going to have all sorts of chatter and thoughts like, oh, I just need to eat and I'm just uncomfortable. Like our brain just goes nuts sometimes when we have an urge for something and it goes unanswered. But calling it what it is, is you sitting or standing, feeling an emotion, one emotion at a time. You're not feeling a ton of emotions all at once. You're just sitting, feeling a single emotion. Maybe it's discomfort. Maybe it's urgency. Maybe it's restlessness. But in that moment, it's a single emotion. In that moment, you are safe and alive. And if there's something that you didn't plan to eat and you're not eating, even though your brain might want it, it's not that big of a deal. All you have to do is just sit with that one emotion, sit with that one urge to eat. You don't have to sit with all the urges all at once. You don't have to not eat all the foods all at once. So when your brain wants to make it a big deal, when your brain is acting from that primal space, like the toddler that's throwing the tantrum because it's not getting what it wants, Your job is to call it what it is. And what that looks like is slowing down and having a conversation with your brain. Sometimes in these moments, we get so panicked about food or about our urges to eat that we have to like quiet our brain by eating, right? (laughs) Like we have the urge and we want to shut our brain up. And 
our brain wants to act quickly because the second we start to slow down and think about it with our prefrontal cortex, logic starts to kick in and our like adult forethought brain starts to kick in. But that toddler brain is in the moment. It's like, just eat it now, just eat it now, just eat it now, right? So your job is to slow down. When you are in a situation where perhaps there's food that you didn't plan for that you're not going to eat and you are having the desire to eat it, you have to slow down and have a conversation the same way you would with a tantrum-y toddler. I'd be like, hey, I know you want that food right now. I totally get it. But you know what? We made a plan for today. And this is what we're going to eat. And I promise we are going to be better for it. And I know it's uncomfortable. And brain, you can be mad. I totally get it. No problem. But just know I'm taking care of you. I got your back. This is what's best. I promise. Right? This is the type of conversation we have. And we kind of check in with our body. Like, where do I feel this, this emotion that I'm experiencing? Do I feel it in my chest? Do I feel it on my neck? Do I feel it in my stomach? Like, where, where is it that I'm noticing this feeling? The more that you slow down, the more power you have to be in charge. I personally don't want to be bossed around by a tantrum toddler. Sometimes that's the case in our home, and I really don't like it. <laughs> I am the one in charge. And not in a bossy kind of way. It's in a, hey, I'm in charge because I know what's best for you. And I love you so much. And toddler, even if you want to freak out, brain, even if you want to freak out, that's okay. You can freak out. But I'm in charge. I'm supervising you. I got this. Don't worry. I'm taking care of us, right? We are the one in charge. But it takes us slowing down and thinking deliberately about our emotions and our thoughts. Again, is that sexy? No. But that's the answer to everything, okay? Thoughts and emotions. I'm telling you. So me personally, I still use food as entertainment. I love cooking. I love baking. I love trying out new restaurants. I would call myself a foodie, whatever that means. I don't know. I love to explore. But the ratio of how important it is to me versus other things in my life has drastically shifted just because I've been doing these things, just because I plan, just because I feel my emotions, and just because I say, hey, this isn't actually as big of a deal as my brain wants to make it. I slow down and I talk to my brain. Like doing those things has opened up so much room for entertainment in my life by things that matter so much more to me that don't leave me on the other end of things feeling not great. So I will still use it as entertainment, but not nearly as much as I use other things as entertainment. Sometimes food as entertainment blocks us from what's truly entertaining or what we really want to be entertaining. Like if I go out on a date with Ben, I want the entertainment to be quality time with him and connecting with him and getting to know him more and, and having conversation that I don't get to have with anyone else. I want the end result of all of that to be more connection with him and not necessarily just a meal, right? Where the focus is completely on the meal. I love eating with him and that's so fun, but I want the focus to be on him, right? So that's why I employ these tips. I love food. It's so fun, but I don't rely on it completely as my form of entertainment. So again, I still enjoy food. I still love to pick places that are sound really fun and might have cool menus or something I've never tried. I love all sorts of cuisines from all around the world and that's really entertaining. But the rest of my life is more entertaining. And that wasn't always that way. It took a lot of work through these simple things like what I've taught you today, these three tips that sound really boring but are so powerful and thankfully so simple. It's not that complicated. It's not the greatest news. So great because it's so simple. So what I want to challenge you to do is when you start to employ these tips where you feel your emotions and you plan ahead of time and you call it what it is, which is not that big of a deal, there is going to be like some 
boringness that you'll notice. Like, what is life without food, right? <laughs> and that's okay. Give space for that, right? We kind of have to be willing to recognize the boringness of our lives but so that it gives us the opportunity to fill it with the things that we want it to be filled with. So we can fill it with things that we want to be entertained by. So allow for the boringness and recognize that space that opens up. Recognize what it allows you to potentially have and what you want to fill it with. Maybe places will be less exciting without the entertainment of food, and maybe it won't be as fun as it's been in the past. But in the past, when you used food as entertainment, again, if it's been a problem for you, that meant that on the other side of it, that there was a negative consequence. And I don't want that for you. What I want for you is to be able to entertain yourself through something, and on the other side, have a positive consequence, have something even better than what you had before. When you are aware of your life and experiencing your life without trying to use food as entertainment and really just settling into your emotions and what is truly important to you, it allows you to really experience the truth of your life and what is true for you and your brain and your body instead of numbing yourself to your surroundings and to your emotions and to your brain, frankly. When you use food as entertainment, sometimes it can numb you away from what your brain is trying to tell you. And that is through thoughts and then the emotions that go through your body. So challenge yourself a little bit. Again, if food as entertainment is problematic for you, challenge yourself to planning one meal and not having it be entertaining and see what comes up. Maybe it'll be boredom, maybe it'll be discomfort or restlessness, or I don't know. But just for one small thing, see what happens. When you plan ahead of time and you plan on feeling negative emotions and you make it so much less of a big deal in your brain than your brain wants to make it and just see what happens and then consider what do I want to be entertained by what else could I add to my life that on the other side would be amazing instead of feeling sick and gaining weight Whew, man that's some good stuff so that's all I have for you everybody using food as entertainment is it a problem for you if it is try out what I've taught you today and if you want to work with me as a life coach if you want to be one of my private clients that I work with carefully and build a program for you and teach you how to rewire your brain, then fill out the form in the show notes. And that's all I have. You can always reach out to me with questions via Instagram. Thanks for so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.